Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 26th of February, 2023. And on today's show, a look at yesterday's college basketball games from the Big 12. Is there a national champion in the Big 12? Is there a national champion anywhere? I think it's a big question a lot of us are asking right now. So we'll discuss kind of what we saw yesterday, take a big look at the bubble watch as well, see where Big 12 teams are going in relation to some of their counterparts on the bubble, according to folks like Joe Lenardi. So fun show, basketball all the way, wire to wire on this edition of Locked on Big 12. You are Locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked on Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe here on YouTube, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors and at Josh Neighbors underscore. Um, oh, the places you and your microphone will go in a month's time. We have been in Richmond. We have been in Nashville. We have been in Little Rock, Arkansas. We are now in Nosara, Costa Rica uh, right now for some R&R, pre-planned R&R before I made my jobs. We've been, you know, we were in Richmond, we were in Nashville, all those kinds of things. But the show keeps rolling on. You guys are the deal. No matter where I am, it is five plus days a week of nonstop Big 12 coverage. And so it's a Sunday recap edition of Locked On Big 12. Going to look back at yesterday. I think yesterday was a really interesting day because it was such a fun college basketball day all around. And I think we're still asking the question that we've been asking for for a while about, you know, who are the national title favorites, right? Um, I think for a long stretch of time, Purdue was the title favor because they've had the best basketball player in the country this year. It's Zach Eady. Now you might not say he is the best basketball player, but he has been the most effective college basketball player for the duration of the season, just with the size and the ability. I mean, he is a, he's gotten a lot more skilled than when he started off at Purdue and he is now a skilled and good, uh, you know, tall player who, who presents a lot of problems, a lot of challenges to a lot of teams, but Listening to Field of 68 After Dark and Rob Doster and Jeff Goodman brought up the fact that they crushed the bottom of the Big Ten. They're one in, I think it was one in five, whatever it is, uh, against the top part. Maybe whatever is one in three uh, against the top part of the Big Ten. Like they've really had a tough time with that top part of the Big Ten. And they lost another game yesterday, this time at Mackey. It's the second time they've lost Mackey this season. Um, you know, oh yeah, the second time they've lost at Mackey this season. And this one was uh, this time around to Indiana. They lost to, to Rutgers before. Then you look over and think about, okay, Alabama's got all this talent, but they've got some older guys. Sears and Quinterly are older, but their best players are all freshmen. And so you do worry about your best players all being freshmen when push does come to shove in the NCAA tournament. I think it's a very fair criticism. It's a very th- uh, fair thing to worry about. And obviously there's a lot more besides the actual basketball that's going on right now at Alabama. I mean, they couldn't even get out of their way yesterday because they had the Brandon. That's heading, you know, that's, that's still obviously going to be there. Number one team in the country right now is Houston. And they've had two games that they've lost. One was to Alabama, which they should not have lost that game. The second one was a weird one at home to Temple. But both their losses have come by a combined uh, seven points. The big issue for them is, you know, you're playing an AAC schedule. And so there's probably some concern in the same way Gonzaga has some concerns. Normally this team is not as good as normal, obviously. But this team for for Houston 
you've got concerns about, okay, have you gone way too long without playing quality competition? Because I think it's going to have enough to, or excuse me, Memphis will have enough to make it at this point. But outside of those two, it sounds like we're not really seeing a team that is going to be, uh, you know, the team, uh, you know, it's going to come out and they're right now beating Cincinnati as I'm recording this. So it, it sounds like it's a two bid league. You know, there might be some concerns there about quality of competition. Although I do love the way, I mean, their, their plan is to crush you. They, they, they like to crush you. They like to beat your ass on the boards. They want to get after you. They're a physical team. They've got good guard play. So maybe Houston out of kind of talking this out might be the team, but still you have to wonder about the competition level. And it's not like we've seen, you know, this group of guys has been around for a little while and they have not climbed the mountaintop. So you might say, well, I've got that failure. It's good experience. Sure. I'll take that argument for sure. You might say, well, that team is not, you know, cross the bridge, but yeah, it's hard to win the entire thing. You know, it doesn't just, it doesn't just happen to every single team. So there are pros and cons to a, a Houston argument as well. There's always pros and cons to all these teams. I feel like they're a bit more, uh, there's, there's a lot more of them this year. Obviously we begin then get to our beloved Kansas Jayhawks who are, uh, you know, in the big 12 conference and have won the national championship last year and look like they could do it this year, but there have been some problems, right. With Dewan Harris and, what happens when Jalen Wilson doesn't play well? Now they've answered some more of those lately. Uh, they lack some depth, right? Ernest Uday coming on late was huge. But is there anybody on that bench, Pettiford or Yesifu, that they can go to to get a basket if the uh, you know Wilson and the Dick situation is not going very well, right? If those two guys are not scoring enough, can they go to those guys? Or you know, what if those two guys aren't scoring and McCullers in foul trouble and Dewan Harris isn't being aggressive enough? Now, the good thing is those guys have kind of all figured it out it feels like as time has gone on and we'll get to them in a second, but they are, they're vulnerable. We saw it this weekend. They're vulnerable. And I think the one team that's obviously making the surge right now is UCLA. They're on a win streak right now that spans seven games. Now the question is, and they lost the last time they lost was at. is like, where is the strong competition coming from on the seven game winning streak? They have not played a single team. that's going to be in the NCAA tournament. Wazoo, Washington at Oregon state at Oregon, Stanford, Cal, and at Utah. Utah is a decent basketball team, but none of those teams are going to be in the tournament. They've got one more coming up uh, the rest of the way. It's against Arizona, and that's the problem for them. Is as good as Hawkes is, as much as you might like a Tiger Campbell, as much as you think uh, you know uh, Jalen Clark has been fantastic this year, and Bailey and you know Singleton, like they got a lot of experience. Um, you know, have they proved it enough against the great teams this year? Now, it's, once again, they've got guys who have been a pretty far away in the NCAA out of the way won the entire thing and so clearly that is a concern and also you know wonder about the level of competition like is this winning streak really proving anything to everybody out there all valid questions and and that's where you know we start bringing in the Baylor's of the world the Texas of the world so I think when it's you know when we watch this thing week to week and we think hmm, is there really a national champion in this group just think that across the rest of college basketball, we're watching, we're saying the same exact things. And so I think that's why, you know, obviously people are saying, oh, this, this March is going to be crazy. Look, I still think it's going to be like most times where a team with talent that we do know gets hot. Like I think about Carolina last year, RJ, uh, RJ Davis and Caleb Love are two like really highly recruited players. Uh, Brady Manick was a perfect role player for them because he wasn't playing the five. They had Armando Baycott at the five that allowed Brady Manning to play that four. And he was able to get after, you know, crash the glass, you know, from the weak side sometimes. It was a really good shooter. And just the way that team worked, they were able to get hot. But it was guys who were known quantities and known commodities. 
um, you know, maybe we get a surprise this year, but you know, like if West Virginia was able to run it and go to the final four, I would be surprised, right? Like I think we're in the big 12. No, that's a good team. But if they put together five, you know, four or five good games again in the NCAA tournament, we'd be a bit surprised. Like we'd, we'd be a bit surprised. That's why I'm leaning towards, you know, I think Indiana is a good example yesterday, you know, Oh, Indiana wasn't great the entire year, but Hood Shafino and, and Trace Jackson Davis are playing well, you know, Xavier, maybe Xavier Johnson comes back and he contributes as well. So I think it's going to be teams like that. I'm not saying we don't get, you know, maybe some of those top teams get picked off earlier than we think, but I still think some of the, the teams that have been rotating up towards the top are the ones that are going to be doing it. It's just like they, they figured it out and they're a bit more consistent towards the end. So um, I think that's what's going to make this so exciting, though. And I think also, like, we have to almost get out of our Big 12 bubble for a little bit because think about it, guys. This conference has been so good all season. And I think that we forget that sometimes. Like, man, Iowa State has really sucked down the stretch. Or, man, Kansas State, what a horrible, horrible part of the year they had in that middle section. Think about it, it's like nobody thought K-State would be good. And Jerome Tang has them right where they are now. And they're starting to play better basketball lately. But they're going to be lulls. They're going to be stretches. And that's why it's so funny to track the odds for the Big 12 championship outright during the conference season. I was looking during the year, and it was Kansas – and then it was uh, it was K State, you know, in that that early part, I think the beginning of of conference it was probably Kansas. But you know, you start playing conference ball, and it's K State and Iowa State's there, and KU is there, and then it rotates, and Texas comes along, and then it rotates, and then KU takes that jump right back, you know, and Baylor shot up the boards too. I mean, they had that, you know, guys. Last week, last Saturday, there was a stretch of time where it looked like, oh my God, Baylor's going to win the Big Twelve championship at about uh, four Central time. We're sitting there and they are beating the ever-living hell out of Kansas. And we're saying, here's 2023 Big 12 champions, the Baylor Bears. Oh, my God. And then Kansas blows them off the court in the second half. And, we're, and you know, eight minutes to go, the game is over. So we've had these wild swings, but I think it speaks to the quality of this league. And I think the quality of this league in relation to the quality of the rest of college basketball, we've got more great team or more potentially great teams in the Big 12 and other leagues have but they've got weaknesses just like everybody else has. And everybody in this league has done a good job exploiting those differences, or, you know, those weaknesses, I should say, from time to time. I think there was no greater example of what we saw yesterday in the OU Iowa State game. So if you started to question, hey, is there a national championship in this group, you know, team in this group? Yes, there are national championship caliber teams in this group. I believe the Jay, uh, Kansas Jayhawks are. I believe the Baylor Bears are. Texas TBD. We'll, we'll put a pin on Texas. We'll circle back to Texas in, in, a, in a second. If you want me to sign off and, and sign off the way I was signing off, folks know this. I was signing off there in January. You all want me to sign off on that. I need the big fella, Eddie Lampkin, back. Although I do like the fact that their depth showed up yesterday in a very impressive way uh, and, and really proved some things against Texas Tech team that is that's top 25 basketball team right now, Texas Tech is. Might not have won the game yesterday, but it looks like a top 25 team to me, and they might not make the tournament. That just shows you, you know, kind of like if Texas Tech were in the ACC, they would have had plenty of time to figure this thing out this season. They would have won some more games. In this league, you don't get to just figure it out. Uh, if we have our stuff, it's probably the way this league is, the way this league is gone this year. So I think Texas Tech, you know, is a team that's playing really well. If Texas Tech were to win the Big 12 tournament, I think – I would sign up for that. I would sign up for tech. You saying Texas champion. And look, I actually don't think it's crazy that Texas win the Big Twelve tournament. 
I don't think that's like the craziest thing in the world. Think about how well they play. Let's see how they do. Yeah, it's, that's kind of where I am with you know, this conversation of, hey, do we have a, a Nash champion? On the surface, you might think, oh, I just don't know if we do. But you think about it in the, in the context of everybody else. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, we got teams that can definitely do it. All right, quick word about our sponsors, and then we'll hit on this weekend's games. Today's show is brought to you all. You could. That is a one way to order it. Or you could get your butt to, to Sam's Club. You go to Walmart. The four packs are now at Walmart. The Baker's Dozen, the 13-pack, is happening now at Sam's Club. You guys can go to Sam's Club, get yourself a 13-pack. they got new flavors. They've got several variations of their brownie flavor. they got, like, coconut brownie. They've got like, a, new churro, a new churro-flavored Built Bar. Check those out, Built.com uh, today, or Built.com in one place, and also Walmart four-pack, Sam's Club for your 13-pack Buy in bulk, folks. It is one way you can save some money and also just get more delicious built bars. Um, Imperial, uh, really fast. Not a sponsor of the show. Just saying, when you're in, in Costa Rica, you gotta you gotta you know go with the culture. Imperial signs everywhere here. All right. So, um, looking at this weekend's games, let's attack those bubble teams first, because you know you could say, oh, you know, big, you know, Kansas, uh, Baylor, and Texas, the big game, sure, but. We're thinking now about how many teams are going to make the the, uh, the big dance out of this league. Going into the games on Saturday, uh, Joe Lenardi, here is the, the update that he had. He had Oklahoma State in his last four in. He had West Virginia on his last four buys. And then he had Texas Tech as the very first team, like, you know, like the top of the ladder in terms of the next four out. So big opportunity for them yesterday. They they missed, um, and every single bubble team yesterday missed. Um, we're not even gonna call Oklahoma bubble team the fourteen and fifteen, but I mean, can they beat Iowa State at Hilton Coliseum? My God, what else do you want? Um, so yesterday, you know, you get the, you get this uh, this result. Uh, we'll go with West Virginia number for, number one because they're kind of the closest in. So West Virginia now is sixteen and thirteen. They're five and eleven in the Big Twelve after a seventy six to seventy four loss to Kansas. Kansas had this thing in hand and then they kind of smoked it uh, there at the end. And West Virginia was able to come in and, and you see Jalen Wilson miss some free throws. And all of a sudden you, you're thinking, oh my God, West Virginia has the ball, the chance to win this basketball game. It was, it was pretty impressive. That we got to that point, but Texas or uh, rather Kansas then forces their 21st turnover of the day. Uh, Jalen Wilson you know, his numbers scoring wise, you could say he's kind of played himself out of the national player of the year conversation. Sure. He was four of nine yesterday. He scored 11 points, six boards, uh, four turnovers, but the defense, like I've always said this, and I think it's what, you know, makes, if you ever want to point to LeBron, how great he is when you're not scoring, are you making great plays that ultimately impact the, the outcome of the game? LeBron James chase down block is IE number one. They could not throw a beach ball in the ocean there for that last segment of the game, but you know what he did went down and he blocked a shot. And obviously the rest is history. Kyrie Irving hits the big three. There you go. Jalen Wilson, you know, not an excellent offensive day, but what does he do yesterday? He D's up, gets that huge, misses the free throw. First of all, that would have made it the front end of, of the two shots he was got and misses the first free throw makes second one, two point game. And he's all over Tucson. Excellent defense there. I think it was Tucson there at the end. I'm not sure who ended up getting the last shot. But excellent defense, smothers him, covers him, and ends up causing them to miss. Um, and it's funny because 
you know, you look at these numbers, it looks like KU just absolutely blew them out of the water. But West Virginia was just as good. They forced 19 turnovers of their own. All five KU starters were in double figures. The bench really shortened up. We only got three minutes of Ernest Uday because he picked up two fouls. But every one of the starters was in double figures. Kansas shot 55% from the floor, 50 from three, and then 59 from the line, which is not, not excellent. But you can get away with that. Adams, 13 points. Dewan Harris leading all scorers with the, on the Jayhawks, at least, uh, with 17 points and six assists. And this is the thing. This is why KU feels so dangerous. His quality of play, friends, is absolutely through the roof as of late. Distribution, the scoring, the aggression, the second half he played against Baylor is my favorite half of basketball I've seen him play this year. And just kind of looking now at these games, you're like, he's doing whatever he needs to do to win. TCU game, he was not excellent, but he had six, eight, and five, uh, 14 and nine, and all 14 that second half. I mean, you look at what he's shooting these last three games. Uh, doing quick math in my head, he is 16 for 24 in these last, uh, yeah, these last three games, 16 for 24. He's really starting to shoot the ball much, you know, at a higher clip because he shot the ball at a pretty good clip early in the season, but now he's shooting at 48 from the floor, 43 from three, and 66 from the line. So, free throw shooting for Kansas overall needs to improve, but we saw some of their weaknesses, but they ended up bowing up on defense at the end, getting the stops they needed and getting that win. For West Virginia, man, it's those turnovers. It is absolutely those turnovers. I know the metrics love this team, but the turnovers turnovers for them have really killed them. And now they've lost four out of their last five and they've got Iowa state at Hilton Coliseum. You know, do we think Iowa state loses back to back? I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of desperation on both sides because Iowa state loses that game. Everybody they're not on the bubble by any stretch of the imagination, but they're in a spot where they're, that would put them below 500 in the league and they've got K state at home. So they need to split those games. I'll be interested to see where Lenardi has them. Um, you know, this was not a killer. Doesn't help, though. Doesn't help. They have to split those games. And I, I want to say, if you want to punch your ticket, if you want to put, you know, just a, an absolute emphasis on your season, win me a game in the Big 12 tournament. That would be uh, really good for them. All right. So also yesterday, I think the, the next game that we really have to get to and focus on uh, is a performance from Oklahoma State at home. Blew the second half lead. Uh, you know, it wasn't a big lead, but they blew it in the second half and ends up Kansas State gets a really nice road win. K-State kind of back, you know, right where they want to be. 10 and 6 in the league, 22 and 7 overall. Credit Jerome Tang for kind of, you know, getting the ship righted. But th- they rallied in that second half, plus seven in the second half, you uh, know, overcome the fact that they had 16 turnovers in this game. And Marquise Noel, the difference maker. I was very critical of him my last day of Big 12 today on Sirius Yikes, seven turnovers. And I think this is the second consecutive game where he had at least five. So he's had a bunch of big turnover games. He needs to take care of the ball a bit better, but he really led the way today. And as did Keontae Johnson, he was, you know, he's just, you can pencil him in for like 17 and five every single game. That's what he had, 17 and five. But, you know, you can, you can pencil him in for a, a nice stat line every single game. Uh, those two guys, those two star players delivered, and I thought their defense stepped up in a big way. Oklahoma State's not a good three point shooting. on seven the problem for them now is they're at seven they already hit seven but they are on a four game losing streak they've got number nine baylor at home on big monday 
Then they've got Texas Tech on the road come Saturday. I mean, you could not find two bigger games in a season. If you split, I think you can keep it on the right side of the bubble. But the problem is for them right now, when you look at the bracketology and you look at what just, you know, what's happening around them, uh, Wisconsin's playing right now. USC won last night. I think they won last night. Double check. Are they, uh, they did, let's see, they did last night. Yeah, they beat Utah last night. And Utah on the road's not a bad win. And then Mississippi State beat Texas A&M last night, too. Wisconsin right now is the other team ahead of them, according to Joe Lenardi. Uh, and I'm, once again, I'm not saying these are all the teams ahead. Penn State got a good win on Thursday night against Ohio State. North Carolina picks up a win against UVA yesterday. Uh, Michigan's playing Wisconsin right now, so either Michigan or Wisconsin are going to get a victory. There are teams that are putting the pressure on you right now from behind you or, you know, not even behind you. Let's just say in the same area code as you because we know it's just one man's opinion. Now, Joe Lenardi's opinion we all respect very much, but they're putting the heat on them right now, and things could get dicey for Oklahoma. They will get dicey here at 16 and 13. Once again, strong resume, strong record, all that kind of stuff, but they need uh, – you know. Them and them and uh, because it's it's kind of you know not spiraling, but they're they're getting hurt right now. I thought the best basketball game I watched yesterday was played between Texas Tech and TCU. Uh, monster rally from uh, Texas Tech late in this game to take the lead, and then a Mike Miles backdoor cut leads to a layup, and then that was all she wrote. That was that was the ball game in the end. Wild, fun, back-and-forth game. Texas Tech was able to get, you know, uh, TCU big run, Tech big run, TCU back in front with another run. Um, you know, I thought this was a tremendous win considering Eddie Lampkin was not on the bench. Uh, Eddie Lampkin decided to talk trash in, <laughs> while in street clothes, which is always a move, but I appreciate the swagger uh, from Mr. Lampkin. Huge game, I thought, from Emmanuel Miller, guy at 14-10 and 10 yesterday. Xavier Cork, uh, tw- 10 points in 12 minutes, which is huge. And this is part of it too. They're starting to shorten up that rotation. They played eight guys yesterday, but all of these guys have had experience because miles and uh, excuse me, miles and Lampkin were both out. So you're getting guys, you know, miles and ball and Miller 30 plus minutes Cole's off the bench with 15, five and three and 20 minutes. I think his career is like 29. He played 28, right? Uh, Shahada Wells gives you, you know, 20 minutes as well, Mike and PV 14. And they kind of mix and match just because they've got so many guys like, you know, think about Ball, Wells, PV, uh, all those guys kind of, you know, they fit certain roles, kind of, you know, the guys that, that, that circulate around the Millers and the Miles, and you know, of the world. And these guys are all out there and they, you know, they played really well. Uh, you know, and, and O'Bannon too, kind of one of those guys that they just circle, right? So those guys, they, their experience helps. And I thought this was a massive win for TCU. That was a huge win because of the momentum that Texas Tech had. Uh, I went three and two against spread yesterday. This is one of those. I went with the home team, Texas Tech, as of how well they're playing. And it's funny because they have, they've bounced with Eddie Lampkin, man. There have been some games where he's been back, right? He actually came back before. I know he's hurt before Miles, but he comes back before Miles, does not look great, then sits again, had a, some coming off the bench again, then he's back to the bench. Like they just, they might just need to sit him the rest of the way, right? Because As it sits on, we're two weeks from Selection Sunday, right? So uh, right now, 24th, two weekends from Selection Sunday, two weeks, 14 days. You you just, you got to get him as healthy as possible because right now, let's just say they play on Thursday. You are 15, 16, 17, you're, you know, 70, 18 days away from playing in your first NCAA tournament game. I know there's a lot at stake for them when it comes to seeding, right? Because they're falling back in a situation now where, 
starting to get to five, starting to get to six range, right? And if you're a six range, I believe that means you draw the three, right? You, you'll draw a three. So you're going to have to draw a top 12 team. And, you know, that's that for them. They got KO'd last year because of that. So, like, once again, I know two get upset, a 15 get upset, a two. But once you start heading towards that six, seven territory, then you're in trouble because, you know, once again, four or five, like you, you end up having to place a, a number one seed in Sweet 16 if they make it out. So that's always difficult too. Or, or the eight seed that, that supplants them. It's usually a tough game too. Um, but you want to be that tough team. You want to be that higher seed on the first weekend in that second game of the first weekend. That's where you want to be. That's where Oh, my mic was muted. Uh, once again, um, you know, I, I know that's where the TCU TCU should be a team that is right there. I think when it comes from a, from a talent perspective, where they should be. Once again, the injuries kind of cost them just a little bit. That's where TCU should be. TCU should be a team that is right there, fighting for a top seed. And that's this was a huge win for that. This is a huge win for that, getting them 500 back in the league. Texas Tech, two more opportunities in the league. I'm not sure there is a chance they can like outright get a tournament bid. At KU, it's going to be tough. And uh, then Oklahoma State at home. So if you split the rest of these, you're then 17 and 14. You probably have to win two or three games. You probably have to win at least two in the Big 12 tournament to get yourself in. It's probably what you're looking at at that point. Uh, Texas and Baylor yesterday. Texas and Baylor. This was, I thought, a game that uh, rock fightish early. And then you could, like, you knew it was going to turn in the second half, right? Just the home team hitting more shots, tough environment. Baylor needed to get back on their feet after their last loss, and they did. Uh, and I thought, too, um, Jalen Bridges, the way he attacked early in this game, I thought was impressive. I liked, actually, what we saw from, you know, I know this guy, you know, this another guy we talked about, uh, Tyrese Hunter, who has not lived up to expectations. I kind of like the way he played early in this game. But it's just one of those environments where you knew Baylor had to have this game just for the quality of play, the way that they look, because they hit the kind of another little rut. They got the job done and they get the win here. And it does not make me think anything less of Texas. Honestly, the big story of this game was that massive spat or not massive, but the spat between the Baylor women's basketball coaches and the Texas men's basketball coaches about who was supposed to be on the court when a completely odd and weird situation. Not sure it threw off any of the players or anything, but it was just a really odd thing to see happening there towards the start of this contest. Um, and uh, yeah, so 81 72 the win. There, Dylan Disu, I thought was really impressive. But uh, once, you know, for 24 points for him, they're going to need guys like that to step up. Marcus Card, one of his bad games. I like Texas guys. I mentioned this earlier in the show. I think the one thing about Texas is I feel like that uh, the reason why I would not pick them in a tournament game is um, I feel like it's pretty apparent at this point, like Marcus Carr is going to shoot them out of a tournament game. And I don't know if they've got somebody that can help them out. I don't know if they've got a guy that you feel like you trust that's going to help them you know, in the end of the game, when the going gets tough kind of type deal, um, I'm going to help them win. So, uh, you know, Tyrese Hunter, we thought was going to be that guy, but ended up not being that guy. And, uh, yeah, my, my thing I cut off. I, 